from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, your smart speaker, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry. Well, we just spent the entire commercial break arguing about what could happen between picks 7, 8, 9, and 10 of the NFL draft. We are in full draft chaos mode. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. We'll get back to the NFL draft. And by the way, I may have beef with my co-host. We're going to be together tonight on the digital show. And he may or may not have just told Randy Scott, fellow Raiders fan in the halls, that he's hoping that the Raiders do something crazy so that I implode on TV next. Last year, 10 million people watched our draft coverage on digital platforms. I'm incredibly proud of this show. This will be the sixth year I've been able to sit in that host seat and go through every single pick. I just want one year where sit I... Sit in that what seat? That host seat. Oh, you had an S and a T at the end. Uh, well, you know, uh, well, sometimes I feel like, you know, I just want to get, in, I, I don't want to get kicked in the no-no places this year live on TV. That's all I'm asking for. Uh, last year, I believe it was the Raiders, uh, they, they put up a video on ESPN.com next day of me just trying not to swear at my favorite football team. That's all I'm asking for. We'll get back to the draft in a few minutes, but it was a huge night in the NBA last night. The most important headline for everybody here is that the betting favorite going into this in the Eastern Conference to represent the East in the NBA Finals was the Milwaukee Bucks, and they're gone in one round. So let's figure out what it all means. Vince Carter, ESPN NBA analyst and, frankly, basketball legend, joins us right now. Vince, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, I'm a little shell-shocked still because I was so high on the Bucks, uh, but obviously people are talking about Giannis's reaction afterwards to the question of whether or not this season was a failure. For all of your insight, how do you view his answer to that question? Well, I tell you, I think we're always shocked at the turnaround and the way the Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat played uh, played basketball and and approached not having Tyler Hero first and foremost, and they were just able to just kind of come together and I think shocked us all. But uh, I, I really, I mean, it, I was, I mean, extremely impressed with you know his reaction you know, as a player. Once you lose. A series, you lose a game like that. The one thing you don't want to talk about is, is it a failure? Talking about failures and all of that stuff. And, and I said, I, I agree with what he said because I, I think for, for them, it, the Milwaukee, Milwaukee Bucks, failure to me is like the Milwaukee Bucks failing to me even make the playoffs. That would be a failure with all the talent that they have. I think it is a disappointment. You know, and, 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 you know, internally, let, let's just get this understood. Now, internally, yeah, we, we as players feel like, man, we, it, uh, you know, use the word, can po- possibly use or accept the word failure because they felt like they should be representing the East in the, uh, uh, in the, in the conference final, of course, in the final. So, yes, it's a, it's a huge disappointment because, I mean, they were playing the best basketball, best basketball coming into the, uh, the playoffs, in my opinion. Vince, I don't see – see anything for them as a failure what I did think though is that the mission that they had and the goal that they had is a failed mission and a failed goal because coming into the season you know they wanted to win an NBA championship Giannis has had that Mm -hmm. taste in his mouth right you come into the playoffs you have the number one seat a lot of people picked y'all to win the NBA finals so the mission at hand was failed Mm -hmm. but I don't think you know they're failures by any means necessary Correct, and, and I, I got the chance to see them in preseason after the year they had before that and the approach and, and how serious they took uh, preseason 
in a preseason game, you know, and they were playing out in Abu Dhabi, and I was out there, and I was like, wow, they're, you know, they 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 are locked and loaded, and Giannis is show, showing from the beginning that, you know, no games being played, we're going to be, you know, represent the East. And I mean, they, they were just quietly just think when you talk, you think of the MVP race, you, you're talking about Jokic, you're talking about MB, but Giannis is right there. No one really talked about it. even regular season. We talked about in Denver, it should be in this, you know, in this, in the. And this when I say, like, you, not a lot of teams were talking about the Boston Celtics. I, I thought the Boston Celtics uh, were going to be the best team and, and going to represent uh, the East. And then and, and come the end of the season, I was like, man, man, I, I stand on what I said, but the, the Milwaukee Bucks are like that. And, you know, it didn't happen, so it's unfortunate. But, Vince, I, I got to ask you about their head coach, Mike Budenholzer, for the Milwaukee Bucks because – he did a lot of questionable things in this series. And for this series to only go five games, do you think he should be looked down upon because of the, the lack of things that he didn't do when it came to Jimmy Butler? And also the last play in which Jimmy Butler made to send the game in overtime, you don't have Giannis Garden Butler and you don't have Brooke Lopez, the tallest person, trying to you know smear the vision of the out-of-bounds person, the person taking the ball out. I'm with you. I, I agree. There's a lot of things particularly in the last two games and, and obviously that last play. You, you definitely want to have your seven-foot. I mean, Giannis is obviously pretty much seven feet. But, yes, you, you have Brook Lopez. You, you want to utilize him. Uh, you know, the Bucks are a prideful defensive team individually and as a team. And we knew that. You know, they have great individual uh, defenders. But at some point, particularly no Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler just went off, is going off, hits 50 points near the end of the game. It's time to make somebody else beat you. Now you get into to, to this next game. Jimmy Butler is going off once again. You have yourself in a situation where they've made the comeback to tie the game. I'm not going to lose the game to Jimmy Butler. You can hold your head up high if now we've double teamed, made him get rid of the ball, and somebody else beats us who's not familiar or, or feels as comfortable in that position. And they didn't really make those adjustments which was wowing to me uh, on, on both of those occasions. Okay, so I need your insight on another series that I'm a little nervous about based on my pick. Uh, I thought Sacramento would be able to get it done against the Warriors. Uh, now it looks like I might be crazy. Uh, what do they need to do? I mean, this whole series came down to one or two shots at this point. So how does Sacramento sort of compartmentalize all that and somehow avoid game six clay? You better find a way to, to get stops and get a win. I mean, you know, let's think about this. You look at game one and game two, Sacramento uh, obviously does not have the, the experience that the Golden State Warriors have, regardless of how you know, bad the, the Warriors have been on the road. They did their job and they won the first two games at home. They go on the road, and now the Kings kind of look rattled. And I think it was a, uh, a, a wake-up call, an eye-opening to the Warriors. And you can just see, like, Harrison Barnes, yes, miss, misses that shot. To, to really get, allow them to go up 3-1, okay? Yeah, and I think that just took the blow from them, but it gave, for some reason, it seems like Golden State just under, understands the moment. They understood what it, what this moment's all about, and it's all about one, one win. We need one win, and I said this from the beginning. Whoever wins on the other team's floor will probably come out, <laughs> I know you don't want to hear this now, will probably come out victorious in the series, but... You know, and that's kind of the case. And then, you know, Golden State has been unbelievable at home and 
not so good on the road. And it's like you needed, like you said, Steph to be Steph and Clay to Clay. But the X factor, the X factor, in my opinion, was Andrew Wiggins. You know, can he come back and kind of play well? Well, lo and behold, the X factor played well, and you got 21 points from Draymond Green. And, you know, kind of goes back to what we said about, about the Miami Heat and not letting Jimmy Butler beat you. I think, you know, they were saying, hey, if we're going to lose, typically Draymond is not the guy that looks at the rim. You know, he, he gets in the middle of the paint and he's looking to facilitate, facilitate. But he was looking to score the ball and he was making them. Uh, and Vince, that just made it tough for them to be. No, no you hold on. Oh, okay. Vince, no, no, Vince, I am glad Vince, uh, you were saying I'm everything, right everything that everything Coach said. told him. Everything Vince, they call saying. me Coach around here. Vince, <laughs> I, I'm so glad uh, it took a Hall of Famer well, come I mean, on here and let you know what Coach already <laughs> told you. But, 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 but let me ask you one more follow-up question then. Did you have a problem with Barnes taking that shot? Should De'Aaron Fox have forced it up in that moment, or was it the right basketball play? It, it was the right play. I mean, and, and yes, he can force it up, but just think about it. So it, he wanted to go left to get his shot off. Draymond's standing right there. They have, they, they've instilled trust in each other from the beginning. Harrison Barnes was not playing bad. He just missed the shot. See? Because it, on, on the other hand, if, if, if he makes it, what did we say? What are we going to be saying today? De'Aaron Fox made the right play, you know? Vince, I knew that was going to be the answer. I just had to get one win. Vince, I'm getting so the, the, much side so eye right crazy, here. It's crazy. Vince, he does not live in the present. He has to go two games ago. Oh, my God. Two this, games This is back. my life. This is why I drink. This is my life. I'm telling you. Uh, all right. I know we got to get you out of here. I know. Uh, but I got to ask you real quick. Uh, obviously, the series everybody's talking about on ESPN Radio is Memphis and uh, the Lakers. Uh, what, where do you think it goes from here? And we all know the result last night. Memphis takes it back to L.A. Where's the series going from here? Man, that's that's. I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna say this. I believe LeBron. You, if you know what I mean. So you think about what Dylan Brooks had to say about poking the bear. LeBron not wanting to really say much. You know, give any reaction. Give him his 15 minutes of fame, if you would. He just said, "No, no, I'll I'll I'll, I'll be ready to play." What did LeBron say after his post game? I was terrible. I didn't get it done, and he looked tired. You know, he looked tired, but he said, "I'll be ready to play," and I believe that because. The longer the Lakers allow this series to go, obviously the more fatigue and you're asking a lot of LeBron and you're giving confidence to the Memphis Grizzlies because I thought they took the Grizzlies' heart away from them trying to prove, you know, obviously you know, and back up, you know, well, really go at to what Dylan Brooks had to say. And they kind of gave him life. And you know, LeBron played big minutes, went into overtime, and he just, in the beginning, I, I would have bet the house that we, you would see LeBron's approach to game five like his approach to game four, coming out, going at guys, setting the tone, establishing the lead, and they didn't do that. So, And when I saw that, I was like, ooh, he is tired. I mean, it's the reality. I mean, he's done so much all season. After a while, you know, it, the, the turnaround time and everything, it's like a game in between. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's enough time for recovery, but not that much. And you, we can't blame Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis did what he had to do. They just did not have enough. So I think they're going to go back to L.A. and they'll be ready to play. And you're going to see a hit-first mentality. You're going to see LeBron set the tone early. Yes, I feel like Anthony Davis should be their go-to guy and you should play through him. But it's nothing wrong with LeBron James going downhill, attacking those guys, early like he did in game four. 
Vince, you're the best, man. We appreciate your expertise and insight. Next time, I just might just you know feed you the questions in advance so you know the, to agree with me on everything because Harry's not yeah. going to let me live this down. Well, pre- well, well, Vince Carter <laughs> played with my brother, Tony Douglas in Memphis. Right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So tell him to listen to Coach. Coach no, may no, know a thing or two, Vince. Yeah, you, hey, so you know what you're talking about this. You know what I'm saying? Let him know, Vince. <laughs> oh, man, Vince. I, we appreciate I you. Thank it. you, brother. Have a great week. Absolutely. That's Vince Carter, ESPN NBA analyst, absolutely crushing it with the analysis. The most brilliant and original analysis because I've never heard it on any of that on this show ever before in the history. Oh, man. The looks are going to keep going all the way through. All right. We got two picks left in the mock draft. The best. The single greatest mock draft in the history of all mock drafts. You will hear them next. And we'll get you updated on some draft uh, speculation. There's some speculation growing out there. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. 2023 NFL Draft. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The NFL Draft is officially open. It all begins with round one tonight on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first pick. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. NFL Draft. Live from Kansas City's historic Union Station. It all begins with round one. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Tonight at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, as you just heard, every pick of the NFL draft will be on ESPN. It'll be on ABC. You can listen to every single pick of the NFL draft featuring our boys, Kenny and Carlin, and a host of others, Mike Tannenbaum included. Every single pick will be on ESPN Radio. And tonight and tomorrow, you can watch us on YouTube, Facebook, the ESPN app, Twitter, all digital platforms for ESPN. Myself, Harry Douglas, Harry Lyles, Spencer Hall, Andrew Hawkins, Field Yates. We are going to give you every pick from the first three rounds of the draft over the course of the next couple of days. Incredibly proud. There's no show that I do all year uh, that means more to me than the draft. And to share it with those guys is incredible. We have been giving you the single greatest mock draft in the history of mankind by using experts and friends to come in and make the picks along the way. Before we get to our last two picks, I want to quickly say thank you to every single person that let us bother them and get voice memos to us and do all of the little details to make this happen. Thank you all. We appreciate you. With that being said, it's time for the chimes. Now, follow me here. The Philadelphia Eagles back on the clock. Remember, the Eagles took Bijan Robinson with the 10th pick, and that was Kevin Nagandi that did that. Kevin Nagandi also came back to make the next election, but in case you didn't notice, he was being a superstar on Get Up this morning. So there was a trade here, not of the pick, but of the voiceover. So I can only hope that Cam Pratt, ESPN Radio, did a great job of doing his best Kevin Nagandi impersonation. But this is the Eagles selection. With the 30th pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft, the Super Bowl 58 champion Philadelphia Eagles select Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback out of Mississippi State. Mel Kuyper Jr., player profile. 
I call him Splendid Splinter 3. Now, Devontae Smith was Splendid Splinter 2. The great Ted Williams, like great Ted Williams, was the original Splendid Splinter. But at 6'1", 1-66, long arms, 4-3-5 at the combine, 37 and a half vertical. And with that weight and only 166, he was durable at Mississippi State. Only missed one game. It wasn't injury at Mississippi State in his career. 14 career picks, 6 career pick sixes. Excellent anticipation, awareness, ideal hip flexibility, confident plays with savvy, and the production was off the charts. All right, Harry, just a reminder, this is a deep corner draft. I am stunned Forbes and our mock is still available right here, but what do you think of the pick? Well, I think the reason why he's lasted this long is because of the weight, right? But I will say this, he is, he plays a little bigger than his weight actually tells us all. Also, very confident guy at that position. The six interceptions returned for a touchdown really stick out to me. I was able to play with a guy named Asante Samuel and they called him Mr. Pick Six. When you're able to intercept the ball and then take it in for touchdowns, you're going to make a ton of money in the National Football League. A guy who jumps routes, his route um, uh, recognition, understanding route combinations is very, very high. So really looking forward to him playing a lot of football, especially for the Eagles when you have a room full of corners already. Stick on that for a second because I need your player brilliance. One one stat that a lot of people don't know on Forbes particularly, 16 passes defended – Last year. I'm not talking about through his career. Last year, 35 in his three years as a starter. And what's funny to me is if you read some of the scouting reports on him, they talk about, well, his aggressiveness could come back to haunt him. What I read out of that is a guy that studies so much and knows so much and has such a good feel for the game, he understands how to get in the way of plays. That's what you want from a corner. I also love corners that take chances. A corner in the National Football League right now that takes a lot takes a lot of chances, Trayvon Diggs for the Dallas Cowboys. Is he going to get beat at times? Yes, but I would take a corner that... That gives me an opportunity to uh, create turnovers and give the ball back to my offense and also can put it in the end zone himself versus a corner that's nonchalant and not instinctive. Now, as we sit here, by the way, I should note to everybody that Kevin uh, twice uh, complained about the inability to trade in this draft. He wanted to trade down to 10 where he took Bijan. He also let me know last night when we were texting that if Hendon Hooker really isn't drafted, hasn't been drafted yet in our mock by 30, he said there is no chance the Eagles are actually making this pick. I think we can all echo the sentiment that one of the biggest surprises in our mock, our trade-free mock, is that Hendon Hooker is still sitting there. Let's see what happens, though. It's time for the chimes. One more to go in this round. <laughs> I have to say this line. The defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs are on the clock. (laughs) ESPN NFL Nation Chiefs reporter Adam Teicher with the pick. Adam, what you got? With the 31st and final pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Anton Harrison, tackle from Oklahoma. Mel Kuyper Jr., player profile. We look at Anton Harrison at 6'4 and a half, 315 pounds at left tackle. We ran 499 at the combine. He is a really good, really athletic left tackle. What he needs is technique work. He needs to be more consistent at that left tackle spot moving forward into the NFL than he was at Oklahoma. I think offensive line coaches are going to look at him and say, hey, I can take all that athletic talent and make him with his real good feet, good balance, into a guy that will improve technique and be a much more consistent player at the pro level. The Chiefs lost both starting tackles in free agency and replaced them so far with only one, Jawan Taylor. Harrison would give the Chiefs a right tackle who could step in as a starter on day one and anchor that spot for years to come. 
All right, Harry, what do you think? Very pivotal that if the Chiefs take him at this spot, that he's a right tackle because you want the blind side of Patrick Mahomes to be protected. You don't want him looking over his shoulder because a rookie left tackle isn't doing his job. But they lost both of their tackles, prime spot form. We've seen how much this offensive line meant to Kansas City last year. We also seen a few years ago in the Super Bowl how much this offensive line didn't mean to Kansas City when we see Patrick Mahomes get hit over and over again. So smart pick by Kansas City. I have talked to two fat guys uh, about offensive linemen particularly before this draft. And from two fat guys, I've heard the same thing. Scheme protected because of the scheme that Oklahoma runs. So we don't know necessarily how he stands out. Also, really important note here, 14 penalties over the last two years. That's a lot for an offensive lineman. So that shows you that, you know, some when we see penalties from an offensive lineman, a lot of times it's that you got yourself in the wrong situation and you're just holding to for the, for dear life, right? Well, so, if you have 14 in college, you know, those pass rushers, who I think is the most athletic group uh, on the football field in the National Football League, those guys rushing the passer up front, they're a lot better than the guys in college. Yeah. I promise you. So I... I understand this pick from Kansas City's standpoint. I think this is one of those definite like roll of the dice. Now, one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL, let's be honest about that, and you just trust what the Chiefs are doing. They get benefit of the doubt. But they would ease them in. They would that, ease right. them in, especially if, if they see early on in camp that he's struggling. You can't just throw him out there. You have to ease him into things and let him get acclimated to the National Football League. That concludes our draft, uh, our mock draft, with the reminder that Miami does not have a first-round draft pick. That's why 31 picks in this year's draft. Miami lost their first-round draft pick as a result of the tampering uh, the tampering investigation from the NFL regarding Tom Brady. You do the crime, you do the time. Uh, 100%. From the National Championship game to a Super Bowl contender? We'll tell you where one star wideout could go. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. The 2023 NFL Draft. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The NFL Draft is officially open. It all begins with round one, tonight on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first pick. Lives change tonight with the NFL Draft. And one program is sending several players into the league that are going to make an impact difference right away. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Again, every single pick of the ESPN of the NFL Draft will be on ESPN. You can listen to every pick on ESPN Radio. Candy and Carlin will be there with you. Uh, Harry and I will be part of a massive digital megacast over the next two days, uh, getting you every pick in the ESPN app, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all of those places. We love our work in college football, and we love that it gets to come together with the NFL now. Somebody that knows more about most of these problems Prospects than anybody, Sonny Dykes, TCU head coach, comes on. First and foremost, coach, congratulations on an absolutely incredible season last year. I know this is about the young men that are about to have their lives changed tonight, uh, but watching TCU last year and particularly watching some of these players excel was truly incredible. So congratulations to you and your program. Yeah, thank you very much. It was um, it was a fun year. I mean, we had a really special group of players, uh, had some really talented guys, um, as you'll see, you know, by by where they get drafted in the NFL. But we also had a team 
full of guys that just really, really loved playing for each other and an unselfish group. And it was kind of a, a throwback football team. And, you know, they figured out how to win some close games and, and uh, got a little confidence and looked up and all of a sudden we were playing for a national championship. So it was a fun year and certainly wasn't something I think we, we all expected in year one. Coach, you had a phenomenal wide receiver in Quentin Johnston. Uh, had a big year for you guys. Really showed up in that semifinals game when you needed when you needed him the most against the Michigan Wolverines. When you look at him at the wide receiver position, what are his greatest traits in your from from your perspective? Well, I mean, he's got you know outstanding measurables. I mean, he's he's six three plus. He's um, got really long arms. He's a really elite-level athlete. You know, you go and you put the tape on, and the stuff he does after the catch is really special. He's got great speed. You know, for someone that has his size, he can really transition in and out of breaks well. Um, you know, yards after catch is, is really elite-level stuff, what, what he does. And he's just a really explosive athlete. I mean, he's, you know, one of the best athletes I've ever been around. Uh, he's got a very high ceiling. And the best thing about Quentin is he's a – He's a high-character guy. He's got a great work ethic. Um, you know, he's nowhere close to a finished product. I think, you know, a year or two from now, he's going to be a lot better than he is today. And so I think he's got a really high ceiling. I really do. And, again, what makes him so special is is he's just a great a great person, a great teammate, and, and really loves to play football. Coach, obviously one of the things NFL teams do is reach out to you to find out uh, about these guys. What questions have, been, have teams been asking you about Quentin? Well, I think the good thing about these NFL teams, I mean, they, you know, they can watch the film and they can get a pretty good sense for, for, you know, what good, what kind of football player they are. You know, they can see him at the combine. They can put him through all the private workouts and they can do all those type of things. And so, what they really need to know, probably more than anything else, is just what kind of young man is he off the field, and you know, how is he around his teammates, and you know, does he love the game or does he love the things that come along with the game? You know, just all those I think are important important questions and. You know, for me, uh, the guys that have gone on and been really successful in the NFL are, are the people that love football. They have a passion for playing, um, and, and they, you know, love being part of a team. The team is important to them. It's not just their individual success. They want to they want to win, and they want to play for a great organization. And so, all those things are, are are questions that they ask. You know, a lot of it. You know, how tough are they? How do they respond to to injuries and and you know, do they work hard off the field? Uh, what kind of person are they? Are they compassionate? And, you know, all those different things. And, and so those are all things that are hard to hard to tell when you watch the film. You know, it's easy to see what kind of athlete Quentin is, but, but I think what makes him special and unique is just, again, what kind of person he is. And I think whoever drafts him is going to be really fortunate. They're going to have a guy that's going to show up to work every day, is going to work hard, and, and going to continue to get better. Coach, let's transition to the guy that threw Quentin the football. That's Max Duggan. And me and Fitz were, were at the Big 12 championship game where he left every single thing on that football field. Was dirt tired, but, you know, the entire year made play after play after play and kind of put the team on his back a few weeks when y'all needed him the most. Whoever drafts him and at whatever spot, what are they getting in, uh, in a quarterback? Well, they're getting somebody who makes everybody around him better. Uh, I think that's what Max does better than anybody I've been around. I mean, you know, you can nitpick Max for this or that or this or that or whatever the case may be, but at the end of the game, at the end of the day, he's going to give you a chance to win the game. He's just going to go make plays in big situations, and that's what he did for us all year. He's going to do what it takes to win. If that means, 
you know, running the football, he'll run it. If that means throwing a pass, he'll throw a pass. If that means, you know, making a tackle after a fumble recovery or something, he's going to make the tackle. He's just that guy that has an ability to do things to help the team win games. And, and that's what he did best for us. He took care of the ball. Uh, he did a great job of, of you know, of leading our team. He provided a ton of leadership, a ton of toughness. Uh, but I think most importantly, he made everybody around him want to be better. You know, the guys wanted to play hard for Max. I mean, his offensive linemen loved him. Those guys would do anything in the world for him. And, um, and you know, when you have a guy like that that raises the temperature when he walks in the room, it really does make a difference, and it makes people better. And he does that as well as anybody I've been around. Real quick, got to ask you about Miller. Uh, running backs are always controversial in the draft in general, but you just look at the workload he took on last year. What kind of growth did you see from him? Yeah, big thing he does is he, he makes yards. I mean, he really does. I mean, there are times he gets hit in the backfield, and, and he's going to make two or three yards, and he does it consistently um, as well as any back that I've been around. He just has a knack for, for keeping his balance, for being physical, for breaking a tackle, for making a play. He's a guy that's kind of got all the tools. You know, he's got good speed. Uh, he's powerful. He's got good size. Um, he catches the ball well. Uh, he can still develop as a wide receiver, when I think he – will continue to do it. He's a pretty natural ball catcher. Um, but but he takes care of the football. He runs hard. And um, and he's a willing blocker in pass protection. And so, you know, I think he's a really complete back. I think he was really underrated coming into this year. And I think he showed everybody what he's capable of. And I know he's really, I think, moving up the draft board. I know talking to, talking to a lot of uh, NFL people, it seems to me that there's, uh, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of people are starting to notice what he can do. Coach, thanks for giving us one of the best stories in college football. Harry and I cover it all the time for the company, and last year watching TCU was absolutely incredible. Congratulations on this. Congratulations. I know, again, tonight's about the kids, this weekend's about the kids, but uh, you're building something special there. Really cool and really appreciate your time. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. And, you know, I'm excited for these players. I mean, these guys have worked their whole life to get to this point, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to see where they get drafted and how they do because they're really a, a special group of guys. and. Uh, man, they represented TCU in our program uh, as well as they could. So excited to see what's next for them. Appreciate you, Coach. Have a great week. Okay, y'all too. Y'all take care. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy, more affordable. Who doesn't love that? Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. The Panthers have the first pick. We're going to tell you why the draft actually starts with the second pick next, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I'm telling you, it's the single greatest day on the sports calendar all year. Miss me with your Super Bowl. Only two teams really care about that. And you're not worried about the sport. You're worried about getting drunk with your friends. All right. The NBA Finals. No, nah, that's not there. The College Football National Championship, that doesn't hit as many people. This is the season of hope, people. Everybody has decided that their team is going to get better this weekend. The question is, what do you Okay, everybody but Raiders fans. I get it. Harry gives me the side eye look every time. <laughs> Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM, Channel 80. 
Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Uh, look, you know what? The draft is tonight. We've missed the obvious here. You know the Atlanta Falcons better than anybody. I, I won't say you're necessarily just a Falcons fan. You played for the Falcons. You played for the Titans. You have love and interest in several relationships around the league. But we're going to make you a Falcons diehard for this conversation. Sounds good. What do you want? What, what, what do you want out of the draft? Who do you want? Well, it depends on how the draft falls. If Jalen Carter is there at number eight, then I want the Falcons to draft Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know how you pass up on B. John Robinson. If Carter's not available at eight and B. John is still there, I don't know how you pass up on him. And last uh, last but not least, a corner. If Witherspoon is on the board or Gonzalez is still on the board from the cornerback position, all of these are needs outside of the running back position. I just think the running back position with B. John would make Desmond Ritter's job a lot easier going into the next season. The other two are definitely needs. Pass rush and also guys that can defend the pass. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. It makes a ton of sense. In fact, uh, when I look at the Raiders, uh, what's hard for me as a Raiders fan is that the needs are sort of all over the place. I know that. But there are a couple of corners. Like Witherspoon is a corner I'm in love with. I'm the first to admit. Now, some people like Gonzalez out of Oregon better. But I love a corner. Uh, I, I also would not be mad at all at an offensive lineman. Skaronsky, Paris Johnson, two guys that we've talked a lot about on the show. So, like, corner or offensive line, I want a boring draft where it's like, yeah, this guy's just going to be the guy. And everybody seems to agree on both of those. The one uh, other thing that I would say that makes it complicated, though, is what happens if C.J. Stroud falls. If C.J. Stroud yep. is falling, uh, if Anthony Richardson is falling, I think we'll find out quickly what the organization thinks of the quarterback position. Well, you didn't ask me about the Titans. No, what, what do you think the Titans should well, do? Well, for the Titans, and, okay. and you, I look at two people offensive line-wise, Ben Jones and Taylor Lewan, uh, two guys that really anchor that offensive line for a very, very long time. So it, with that 11th pick, if if you need to go offensive lineman there, you can. Also, the deficiencies from the wide receiver's uh, position last season after the departure of A.J. Brown – that's huge. Or also, if you want to trade up and uh, decide that you want to get a quarterback, I think all three of those positions are in play for the Tennessee Titans. I love any draft where you get best. Best whatever yep. available. The Titans have a, a very real shot at having their choice of every single all wide three receiver. Of the, all, but all three of those positions I That's just fair. mentioned. That's fair, actually. like What I love is that you know anytime you're sitting there and you're like, hey, we need a wide receiver, and they're all on the board. We need a tackle, they're all on the board. Whatever it is, Devin, you're a Giants fan, all right, Devin? Uh, what do you, what what's what's your dream situation for your uh, for your New York Football Giants? So the Giants need a wide receiver, but I think a bigger need is cornerback. So my top three would be Deontay Banks, Emmanuel Forbes, or Joey Porter Jr., and then followed by Zay Flowers, Jordan Jordan Addison. I would also wouldn't mind if they went D line. You can never have enough defensive linemen. Can't see from Pitt. Um, Brian Brzee. How do you say his last name? Brzee. 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 Yeah. Or Miles Murphy. Also, a little, little tweener, if if Michael Mayer's there, I'm just imagining two tight end sets with Waller and Michael Mayer. That's like that's kind of scary for I a lot saw, of teams. I saw a mock today that had Dalton Kincaid falling to the 31st pick to the Chiefs. And I'm like, oh, oh yours. I do not need that in my life. Evan, oh, my do you goodness. even care? Like, are you even watching the draft? This, the, the ten- I mean, it, of it course he's be- watching it because it's on ESPN. But the Rangers are on. You Who? know you have Aaron Rodgers. What? Who's on? The Rangers. The Rangers. Yeah. Do you want to talk about? They in some damn danger. Do you want to talk about Ranger Danger? Mark last night. What happened? <laughs> Is Ranger Danger okay. different than Stranger Danger? I don't know. Uh, let me let me be quiet because my Bruins lost last yeah, night, and I don't want to ter- bring that in up. In overtime. <laughs> I know. All right, so. Yes, I will be watching the draft. It will be second screen. The hockey game on ESPN2, the Rangers, will be on the the main screen. I respect that. Who? For me, offensive tackle for the Jets is the biggest need. 
there are four guys I want. I think one of them will be available, and I'd be happy with any of them. They are in this order. I would take them Paris Johnson, Darnell Wright, Peter Skaronsky, and uh, Broderick Jones. In that order, that's where I think the Jets should go. Okay. I, I, Broderick Jones, I think, will still be there by that point, right? I think there's a chance. Darnell Wright is rising, I know, but there's still a chance, depending on how these quarterbacks play, I think there's still a chance that one of them is sitting around. Like, yeah. I think you've got a shot at, at, at one of that. Like, that, that feels you know what? Uh, and I know I troll you a lot with your Raiders. I want all of our teams to do well, not just tonight, but the entire weekend. You know, do, do you remember the last night? Like, the only way I ever watch the Raiders have a good draft is when they trade away the picks for Devontae Adams, because at least then I don't have to go through my fields. Like, yeah, this is this is what I'm going to do this year. I'm going to put on the Raiders shirt. I'm going to put on the Raiders starter jacket. I'm going to put on the whole Raiders garb, and it's just going to be celebration. Well, can they at least keep the draft pick or draft picks, whoever they decide? Oh, man, there was one. Can year? they at least be on the roster okay. for more than four or five okay. years? You know what? Like, it's too. This is a My new regime. Goodness. This is a new regime. None of that counts. This is all new. All right. This is Dave Ziegler. Uh, this is Dave Ziegler. Okay. This is why I drink. That's the one thing I forgot. I forgot to bring a bottle. Of, like, I'm not supposed to drink, but, like, if I had a Red Solo cup on, on set, maybe? Is that allowed? I think it's water. Okay, it's water. It smells. If it, they it, not, don't tell them, don't interview me, because I'm uh, telling them it's water. Okay, that's perfect. You uh, my boy, Blue. Every single pick of the NFL draft will be on ESPN. You know that. It'll also be on ABC. If you want more of the personality behind all of it, it'll be out there on ABC. If you want more of the X's O's, it's on ESPN. I also will remind you, every single pick of the NFL draft is going to be covered on ESPN Radio. Canty, Carlin, Mike Tannenbaum, a whole group of people, all three days of the draft. But I'll also remind you tonight... 8 o'clock, you can open up the ESPN app. You can op- you open up YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, any of the places you align with ESPN uh, on social on socials and digital. You can watch second screen right there. Me, Field Yates, Harry Lyles, uh, Harry Douglas, Spencer Hall, Andrew Hawkins. We'll be having a blast through all the picks. Thanks for hanging out with Fitz and Harry. Enjoy draft night! You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.